Welcome to another week at the Critics Kingdom. Yes, yes. Um, and this week, a classic um, based on one of the most popular Disney Channel shows, the Even Stevens movie. Um, you all, I'm sure, have watched, loved, you know, Even Stevens, the show when you were a kid. You probably really remember this movie because I remember it being a fairly popular and big thing. Um, and it was also the finale of the whole series. So um, yeah, this is definitely one that it was fun to come back to, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, It came out in 2003. And that was sort of, I know, for me, that was like peak. Yeah, I would say like peak Disney Channel time. Yeah, like this was like the 10, era. Right? Yeah, and it was the era of like in terms of Disney Channel shows. Like we had Lizzie McGuire, we had Even Stevens, we had Proud Family, we had That's mm-hmm. So Raven. Like this is was the heyday, I would argue, of you know the best that Disney Channel had to offer. Um, and this this show also, you know, like very much launched the career of a now problematic figure, but the one and only Shia LaBeouf Um, and all of everything that ensues from there. Uh, So yeah, like it was definitely fun to just be in that space again. It was very nostalgic, very much just reminiscent of childhood. um, And that was a pleasant thing to experience while watching it for sure. Yeah. You know, I 100% would agree. I definitely remember really enjoying the movie and then also the show which I did not realize came out in 2000 originally yeah because um, I, I was like was I older. just feel like we were so young <laughs> yeah I thought it was older when it came out but I guess not <laughs> like yeah no that that was actually that was crazy looking at it I was like oh wow it was only on for three years from 2000 to 2003 and I'm like in 2000 I was like you know seven like what <laughs> I think we had just gotten cable in my house because that was my like, when I was really little, we didn't have cable, and I would, like, mm-hmm. go over to my cousin's house and watch, like, Tom and Jerry and Gullabella Island, and I was, like, by the time I hit seven, like, in case he was, like, yes, meant to be an entertainment, I, like, told my mom, I was, like, all I want for my birthday is cable. That's it. Like, <laughs> like I don't need a party. I don't need, just please, please, for the love of God, get me cable. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine oh. um, my seven-year-old child be like, please get me that HBO package. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was me. That's essentially, I was like, that's, that's all I need from you. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, uh, yeah, so I think, so I didn't, I, I guess I didn't realize it because like it was one of the, it was probably one of the first shows that I like watched on Disney Channel. Mm, okay. You know, okay. like, it, so mm-hmm. it's probably in my head is just like, Disney Channel is equivalent with things like even Stevens and Lizzie McGuire because those were the shows that were coming out mm-hmm. when I literally when I found Disney Channel. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So. so no, I I, <laughs> I agree with you. Um, and you know, I think with that, would you want to get into Zilly Cap? <laughs> I would love to, Chelsea. <laughs> so, the Even Stevens movie. Now. The first scene of the film is actually, like, kind of weird. Um, it looks like this dude who lives in his basement, like, you know, like, a weird hacker dude, sort of just, like, searching various pictures of families. It's all very nefarious now. Like, when you look back on it, you're like, this is not 
It looks so creepy. <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> um, but he's like creepily selecting families and we see him crossing families off the list and then like circle or check something like that. The the Stevens family. So like dun dun dun, things are gonna happen. Uh and then we go to, you know, we're with the Stevens and it is Ren's graduation day from junior high school. It's the end of the school year. And in, you know, perfectly fitting fashion, Ren is the valedictorian. And Lewis is making life difficult. <laughs> like he has as per a, usual. As per usual. He has a plan to you know, take, um, like, the plan, I guess, is to, like, have this floating beach ball, like, you know, circling all the graduates, and it's supposed to release confetti. But because he does think all of his pranks with, like, an eight-year-old, because <laughs> that makes sense, the eight-year-old misheard him and thought he said spaghetti, not confetti. And so the balloon is filled with spaghetti, it explodes all over everybody, and, like, the coach that's always trying to get Lewis and like everybody's just upset with him and so obviously like Ren and Lewis are arguing and their mom Eileen is essentially like okay stop it like this summer we are not gonna do this like you're not gonna fight we're gonna like get along because Donnie's going off to college in the fall Ren's starting high school and like this is a very important time for our family and we should and things are gonna change very soon so we just have to like be a family together and Lewis stop antagonizing your sister right Right. That's the idea. So now everybody has summer plans and like Lewis's plan, he's invented this like extreme lazy boy that where he never has to get move out of it in order to just like have everything he needs, like food and drink and mosquito nets. And he plans to literally sit in that chair all summer. He's very excited about this. Ren, in theory, is like planning to, you know, chill with her boyfriend Gil. But he breaks up with her because he's going to a camp in Maine and he wants to, you know, be a free agent for all of the, you know, northeastern kale that he might acquire. Um, and and I don't, Donnie doesn't really have plans for the summer, it seems. I think he's just like, I'm going to work out because that's what he does all the time. Um, <laughs> like it's, it's really it's really simple. But. So the this guy, we see this guy, Miles McDermott, and he shows up at their house and he's like, congratulations, you've won a free trip, all expense paid for a week to, Mandal- to this island, Mandolino, that no one's ever heard of. And they're all like, what, why, like, why are we, why would, why would we win this trip? And he's essentially says that, you know, they're trying to bring tourists to the island and because... Eileen is a senator, like, if she comes and she, like, likes it and they can review it and they can quote them in the brochure and all of that, like, it'll just bring the tourism. And they're just trying to build it up so their offerings are free packages. Um, And, you know, Ren sees this as a great opportunity to, like, get away for a week from her woes and sadness. Uh, Lewis doesn't want to go because he just wants to sit in his chair. But Eileen is like, this is going to be great for the family and we should do it. Uh, And Beans is coming along because his parents abandoned him and went off to like Iceland or something. Uh, Helsinki. <laughs> Helsinki, right. They're in, in Finland. <laughs> They're in Finland. And they left him. They left him for two to three weeks with their neighbors and didn't tell nobody. <laughs> so be wild. 
It's crazy. So Beads has to come along with them. So they all go to this island, and at first, like, it's paradise, and they're, they're all very excited. Then Lewis, in true fashion, though he is goaded a little bit, like, we see Miles tell him that, because they are offered these, like, slugs to eat, and they're supposed to be island delicacies, and it's offensive if they don't eat them, and Lewis is, like, dis- everyone's disgusted by it except for Beans, because he's disgusting enough himself. And... Like Miles tells Lewis, like, oh, there's snacks hidden in the palace where they're staying, right? Uh, it's but it's like the sacred palace of the native people of the island, and he goes to like get the snacks. He gets the snacks, and then he stumbles upon like a throne room, and we, you know, we have established that Lewis loves chairs and sitting around in chairs and eating. That's his ideal summer so he's like yes a chair to sit in and eat and he goes and sits in the sits in the throne and then sees a um like a lever and assumes it's a footrest and he pulls the lever and and the palace (laughs) self-destructs because you know palaces have self-destruct levers like that's a thing that one would build into a palace um and obviously the natives are very very upset and they essentially, like, they essentially, you know, tell them, like, you know, go elsewhere. Just get out of here while we figure this out. And so the family has to go. They don't have any shelter now. And the next plane doesn't come for a week. So they have to build their own shelter on the beach. And Miles gives them, like, 11 branches and two wooden poles. <laughs> it's like, make do with what you have. Um, so they split up into two groups. It's Beans, it's Beans, Ren, and their dad, and the dad, Steve, and then Donnie, Lewis, and the mom, Eileen. And while Donnie, Lewis, and Eileen are out gathering firewood, Miles comes up to them and is like, hey, you guys should come to this feast, um, to try to, like, win back their forgiveness, and they're like, we should go get the others since we're all hungry. And he's like, no, 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 no. You can only come in groups of three. So they go to the feast and they eat and all of that stuff. And, you know, they fill themselves. Meanwhile, Miles goes to the other group and tells them that, like, oh, the like Lewis and the rest of them are all like feasting. And I told and when I told them about it and like they said something along the lines of, oh, like more for me. And went ahead. So he's essentially just sowing discord between these two factions that have been created. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, you know, that's a little fishy. But at the feast, like, they consult the fire god Oprah. It's a coincidence, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the fire god Oprah blows fire. And, is, and that means that they are not forgiven. And now they are being shunned which means nobody on the island can have any interaction with them. So they are literally on their own. So they go back to, you know, the other faction and they're trying to be like, guys, we've been shunned and now we have to work together, blah, blah, blah. And the other faction, Steve is like, what do you, like, why did you guys go and eat? Like that was messed up. And then like Steve and Eileen get into a whole thing about the fact that Steve lost his job and therefore Eileen is now the breadwinner and Steve feels some type of way about, thinks she's implying that he can't provide for his family and all of that. So <laughs> they essentially just break off and, you know, they're just going to do each do their own thing. 
That's the general idea. Lo and behold, what we see is that all of this is actually being orchestrated by Miles, and they are, in fact, on a reality show called Family Fakeout. This whole thing, like, everybody on the island is an actor. Uh, Donnie, even, like, one of the actors went to Donnie's high school, and he remembers him, but nobody believes Donnie when he's like, I know that guy. And we see that, like, everybody in their town is watching them have this miserable, horrible vacation that has very quickly devolved into Survivor. And, you know, so then, you know, just, you know, the regular sort of hijinks ensue. It's they're they're literally displayed as Angry Faction 1 and Angry Faction 2 on the screen. And we see them just, like, fight each other and be incapable of, like, surviving. There's a food drop or, like, there's supposed to be a food drop. Miles tells them each that there's going to be a food drop and sends them on different paths to the food when they get there it's empty boxes so now they really hate each other because they think that the others like are stealing the food from them um and it just devolves into chaos it's lord of the flies that's what's happening this family is being ripped apart for the entertainment of the world um and but we get back home and we realize that like the reason that they knew so much about the family and knew how to push all these buttons is because Lewis's best friend, Twitty, like, told them everything about them. And he's starting to feel really bad about that. So he and Lewis's other best friend, Tawny, hatch a plan to, like, go to the island. Because it turns out that they're not on an, an uncharted island called Mandalino. They're actually on an island called Catalano, which is... 30 minutes off the coast of, of where they live. And the helicopter just circled around for like hours <laughs> in order to trip them up and throw them off the trail. I'm just thinking of um, how much jet fuel was wasted. <laughs> such Everything about this production is horrible. Horrible. But so Twitty and Tani, like they, they have a friend with a boat named Tom who like really wants Lewis's affection and love, but Lewis barely tolerates him and they all go off to save the family and when they get when they get there tawny gets hit in the head with a coconut that can kill you for the record like let's just be that's not that's not a joke but she gets hit in the head with a coconut and passes out um and twitty gets captured and they like lock him up in the storage room but he realizes that it's like where all of the costumes and props are so he just dresses up and, you know, sneaks out, pretends to be an actor, and essentially starts sab- sabotaging this reality show from within. And when Tawny, is eventually found by Donnie, and she loses her memory for, like, half a second, and then is able to tell them, like, oh, wait, you guys are on TV. But, like, what Twitty has done in the meantime is he's managed to, like, dislodge all of the cables, so the show is no longer broadcasting, and that gives them enough time to, like, with this information, they are trying, like, now the factions are essentially getting back together and they're trying to let everybody know, you know, this is all, like, a horrible, horrible plan. But meanwhile, Miles has sowed some discord, particularly between Ren and Lewis, by convincing Ren that, like, the guy that she was kind of started to have a thing with um, who is an actor who was getting ready to tell her what was really going on. He, that, and so they, right, so they have to fire him because, like, he's about to reveal the secret. And so they have to take him away. But the way that they do it is by suggesting that Lewis told the Islanders about this one native, like, still going around and hanging out with her. 
And so they had to, so that they came and took him. And essentially, Lewis is to blame for all of your woe. So she now, because it's Lord of the Flies, has gone down a deep, dark path and decides to murder her brother. Um, so when the TV cuts back on, we see Ren stalking Lewis with a spear and she pushes him off a cliff, even though everyone tries to stop her from doing that. Uh, and, you know, Miles is freaking out because he's like, oh, God, <laughs> like someone actually died on the show and everybody's worried back home, like that Ren actually killed her brother. And then we see that, in fact, he is not dead. This was all a ploy in the time when the cameras are off. They were, they did manage to catch Ren and Lewis before it got too far. Apparently, Ren had him up a tree, <laughs> which is, I'm really mad that I didn't get to physically see that. Um, but Ren had him up a tree. They told them what was going on, and then they decided to get back at Miles by, like, calling up another prank show called Gotcha and getting those cameras there to, like, catch them pranking back Miles, who was pranking them by destroying their family on live television. Uh, so obviously, Miles will never work again. Ren and Lewis, like, you know, they still fight, but, like, you know, they love each other, apparently. Um, and then we just see, like, the rest of the summer for the family, and, you know, Lewis spends time in his chair with Tawny, and uh, Ren starts dating that actor, whose real name is Jason. I think his name is, like, Mortai or something like that on the island, but it's Jason. Um... And yeah, and we just see that, you know, life just continues for the Stevens family. Still is wild, still is crazy, but we know that in their hearts there's love. And that is the Even Stevens movie. And the end of the Even Stevens franchise. And with that, we'll be right back with the review. Hey guys. So, I think to get into the review, one of the things that we really like first saw in this movie was just the fact that Lewis was such a menace and now that we're like grown adults um, we realize (laughs) that it's actually insane the amount like the stuff he was doing to Rin is crazy and even the fact that he sabotaged his sister's graduation like truly I don't want to call him an evil child but god how mischievous Um, (laughs) if we want to use that instead it's very reminiscent of, like, Dennis the Menace and, like, Problem Child. You remember those movies that were, like, really popular in, like, the 90s about yeah. bad mm-hmm. children <laughs> who caused, like, chaos and genuine destruction? Um, it's very reminiscent of that. And what, I mean, the thing that, that what I paid the most attention to, that I was like, it's wild that, like, Lewis has, was never disciplined. It's like, he, like, got detention every now and then from the principal. <laughs> parents did nothing to stop him (laughs) like Ren was actually when you break it down she was actually so patient and so like (laughs) like the fact that she hadn't murdered Lewis earlier is shocking to me (laughs) yes no because when you (laughs) see when you actually like look at the episodes and then even in this movie what he was doing I was like oh oh girl like I wouldn't have blamed you if you had like hurt your little brother because I'm sorry but he was doing a lot (laughs) a lot do you remember there's like one episode where he um aren't they on like a game show a lot of Mm -hmm. things in the show but like they were on like a game show and they had to like find something embarrassing of each other and he like Mm -hmm. tapes her boyfriend like cheating on her (laughs) (laughs) and is like gonna use it until he realizes that like that's going a little bit too far (laughs) 
He was truly a menace. <laughs> and I blame their parents for this because like you said, he was really never properly disciplined. That um, was. And I think another thing that you also had picked up um, that we thought was actually kind of a parallel uh, to teen, bo- teen Beach movie was the fact that he's like low-key actually smart. Like he's actually yeah. a really great inventor. Yeah. But for some reason, nobody has ever like told him to like go in the engineering direction maybe robotics i don't know yeah like he, <laughs> like he clearly has a lot of just it's not even untapped potential because it is tapped it's just tapped for the worst like for like for literally the worst things that he can do <laughs> um it's not in any way being put towards anything that's like productive right potentially like useful it's just terrorizing his friends and family Oh. <laughs> and it's <laughs> but like yeah like, I think we were talking about it we were saying like at the end like it's it's really funny because I think my read on it was like when they get older like Ren and Lewis are definitely going to be like best friends mm-hmm. you know like in like 10 years like once he gets out of this phase they're going to be best friends but she's he's also going to be that brother that like gets into Caltech and flunks out yeah and, like, lives on her couch for the rest of his life. And is, like, beloved by the family. Like, everybody except her, like, partner. You know what I mean? Like, the kids love him. Her, like, his mom, like, still cooks his meals. <laughs> and, but is, like, literally wasting potential. <laughs> at all times. Um, <sighs> yes. No, that, that's literally Lewis. Like, I, and unless he, literally something would have to happen in high school for him. Where somebody literally intervenes and is, like, please redirect your powers for good um, for him to not go down that path. But that's what I would predict is like, he would literally go to Caltech or MIT, get into Caltech or MIT because he's like smart <laughs> and exceptionally. So when it comes to like creating things and then just like, wouldn't care <laughs> bother like graduating. Like, yeah, like eh, it, I did this for two years. I'm good. Yeah. It just, it just wouldn't happen. Or he would like break the school. You know what I mean? And they would be like, you have to go. Like, you can't stay. <laughs> um, but, yeah. It's a very... It's just a very... Int- I also, like... I'm not sure... Like, isn't she a senator? Yes. Like, uh, their mother is a like, senator. I just don't understand, like... Because there's literally an episode about the fact that Lewis is a liability. That like shorty short There is no. Episode. I completely remember that. What I remember he, that. You know what I mean? Like he's he's an actual problem, and they do nothing about it. Like <laughs> absolutely nothing. Like today, the boy would be in therapy and probably heavily medicated. I think that that would be the trajectory that he. It would is be. actually true. He would not be allowed to run wild the way that he was <laughs> in the year two thousand. Like oh. I... <laughs> literally just an agent of chaos. It's so funny. Like. It's a problem, but I also, also deeply like, understand why, as a child, I loved that show. And I loved Lewis. <laughs> it's also it was, unfortunate, because I know if they had, like, cut that off before he was, like, age nine, like, if they had, like, redirected it, he probably could have been a very good child. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they, it's like nobody ever properly disciplined him. And by that, I don't mean, like, corporal punishment or spanking. I just mean literally telling him. You can't do that. Like he needs somebody to. He <laughs> needed somebody for him. He needs somebody who is like, 
hard boundaries. Exactly. Or just, like, there are consequences for your actions. (laughs) Like, you will, like, you will... You can't survive as a person like this. (laughs) People will be upset with you. The only person that's ever upset with him is Red. (laughs) And all it makes him do is want to hurt her more. And no one seems to find issue with that. They just let it continue. Um, And she's very right. (laughs) When she's like, guys, Lewis is the source of all of our problems. She is correct. Exactly. So there's that. Like I've never like rewatching this, I felt for Red so much. <laughs> like what why did you pull the lever? Why did you pull the lever, Lewis? <laughs> why couldn't you like you couldn't just eat the snacks in the room? Like you had to go find the throne and pull the lever. <laughs> it's so it's quite funny. It's quite funny. <laughs> it is. Um and then I know um one other thing that we were really talking about was how this is a great, um, a great either like a show or just a great way of showing like how young reality TV was at this point in time. Um, and just like the focus on reality TV um, in this particular, in the movie, the, that's just the way they chose to like play out the movie. Um and how, like, that this era of, like, 2003, I would say into, like, 2005, like, reality TV was really booming. And then it really kicked off around 2007 because of the writer's strike. Um, fun fact, if you didn't know that, I remember, I can't remember where I learned that. At. I think it was a reality TV documentary. But, like, the reason we got so much reality TV around 2006, 2007, 2008 was because of the writer's strike. People couldn't yeah. get, couldn't do scripted shows. Yeah. Um, so that's why you started seeing like all these Real Housewives and like all of these like, you know, shot at love and like all that kind of stuff. More of them started like popping up because of that. Um, so we really start to see like the early parts of reality TV and how anything really went in those early <laughs> because we both kept talking about how this would literally never fly now. Like you could not have a family go through all this stuff sign a release under false pretenses <laughs> and basically are in danger <laughs> you know or think they're in danger like I really don't you like I think the closest thing we have now is naked and afraid I want to say it's like still on it but still, they all know that. they're going on to that before they go on to it yeah <laughs> so um. But that being said, though, it was like, because I think the comparison that I made, I mean, and here's the problem. You're watching it and you're like, like my thought, I was like, family fake out would be wildly entertaining. (laughs) It would be. No, it would be great. Watch that show. But it would be hard. Like, but it's a thing of like, but the question is like, but isn't reality TV, like, is reality TV horrible? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. the things that we like, put people through for entertainment because I think like the big comparison that I made when watching I was like I would love this show the way that I used to love Wife Swap Mm -hmm. and like my favorite thing like when I was home from school like Lifetime used to play Wife Swap in the middle of the day for like hours and I would and I would watch it for hours um and like I think back on it and I'm like that show the entire premise of that show is is that someone decides your family is strange 
and they go and get somebody else to come and judge you mm-hmm. and then make you live a way that you don't want to live for a week. And then at the end, y'all get together and tell each other about all the ways that your your family is horrible and you're ruining your children. Right. <laughs> like, it's such, like, that is psychological torture. <laughs> it's not okay to do that. But, like, that show went on for years. And it did really well. It might um, still be on. Like, I, think, I, I, I know that they do, like, a celebrity wife swap now. They do. I used to go really <laughs> like that, too. I saw um, Cisco on it. Yes. Like, yes, is- he was on there. <laughs> what's going on um he like regulated what his wife ate (laughs) this is this is this is a deep dive um but (laughs) but like yeah it's just you know it's just opening up those questions um i think that just generally speaking the turn of the century and sort of the like the great digital technological revolution of you know Maybe the way in which, like, by being so connected to each other, we have somehow come to care for each other less. Um, And I think that that ends up being sort of like the big critique of reality television at its core. That's the big critique of it is that, like, we are putting we are either willing to put ourselves through or allow others to put people through real people with real lives and real emotions, um, not characters made up through like often very stressful, traumatic, um, inciting situations purely to entertain and to capitalize off of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And like to what level have we lost our like, or not, not even lost, but just like, this is just an example of like a lack of general care that we seem to have for each other. Um, and you see it in other places too, you know, like with things about, you know, tech companies and privacy and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my question that I'm posing for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I think, I think it's also interesting because something else they get into in here that the principal says while he's watching, by the way, is he was like, oh, I hate this. You know, like, oh, this is disgusting. It continues, like he, continues, he continues watching it, by the way. But I do think that they tapped into something that I think at this point in 2003 wasn't um, as much of a thing yet. But the idea of like a rea- like hate watchers, and yeah. especially for reality TV, a lot of people feel like that. Because if you think about why a lot of people watch reality TV, especially the more... Um, the ones that are supposed to be, you know, like being about a certain lifestyle that's above your average lifestyle. Um, you know, a lot of people do watch those shows because they want to feel better than other people. Um, yeah. and, and like, that's the main reason. Um, and they just want to feel like, oh, well, I would never do that. So I'm therefore better than them. So this makes me feel validated that I'm better than someone else. Um, and you, it's a little bit different on like game shows, like Family Fake Out, of course. But you do, you know, I feel like that's why a lot of people do watch reality TV in general, because they're like, I would never go on a show like this. You know, like, <laughs> that, y'all could never catch me on, you know, whatever random reality game show that's on. Because um, <laughs> I would, I'm better than that. So it, it 
reality TV gets into a very interesting um, psychological thing because of that. It, you know, it's just like, why are you watching it? And then kind of, what are we saying by watching it or by upholding it? And then expecting more and more out of people, as you were saying, um, and especially on those shows that are a bit more narratively driven reality TV, like yeah. Housewives or, you know, one of those shows that's like following a group of people for a long time, a real world, etc. Um so I, I do think it's it is very it is very interesting. Um and you know, I, I feel like now we're in such a completely different place because reality has really taken over as like it's it's its own beast <laughs> along with scripted <sighs> now. Um so yeah, it's, it's, it was very interesting to see like the 2003 take on kind of what that would be, um, yeah. you know, versus now. Like, I don't ever think Disney would now do a a movie about like a reality TV family, like family on reality TV, you know? I mean, maybe. Because like, I mean, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't know. Because what's interesting, I think, too, about this is that like, this is clearly also a commentary, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's clearly, you're not supposed to walk away from this and think that this, I mean, this isn't what happened to me, right? But I think, in theory, they might be trying to, like, communicate to that 10-year-old kid, like, all right, maybe reconsider the fact that you come home every day at 3.30 and watch Fear Factor. Hmm. Yeah, good <laughs> like, times. <laughs> maybe, you know, Think about that for a second. Um, you're not going to because you're ten, but like, I think that's like where the intent lives. Yeah, because there is even that great line that um Miles actually says, like, oh, look, when he's doing the um uh, the commentary, right? Like to like <laughs> to the audience watching, and he's like, "Isn't life funny when it's not happening to you?" <laughs> <laughs> and like he said, and I think I think I fell out. Chelsea I'm pretty sure you can correct me if I'm wrong but I think I fell out on that couch like I laughed very hard when he said that because it's true because uh, it's, it's, it's it's deeply true and it's also like that is that is the great commentary it's like like we and you know this is this goes way back you know this goes back to like gladiators and you know beast fights um <laughs> in the coliseum but like we like we as human beings like we really enjoy the misery of others oh yeah it's uh what is the uh, german word schadenfreude freud schadenfreude i think is what uh, schadenfreude and, and it means like you enjoy when people something goes wrong for someone else um we don't have a word for it in english so like people just use the german one <laughs> but that's literally what it means is it's like you are happy at somebody else's like demise like demise or like <laughs> And it's toe up. Like, it's, it is. It's toe up. It's not okay. Um, but it's also like, it's something that's so like, like I definitely participate in that. I wish I didn't. I try not to, you know. But there are moments where I where I don't catch it, you know. And then I realize that I'm laughing at someone's pain, and I need to step back and reevaluate. Um, but it's very easy to do, and oh, it's yeah. just you know, I guess it's. The question is more like it lives in the place of you know, like should we be exploiting that, you know, or should mm-hmm. we be trying to be better? Um, but like, 
you know, I love The Real Housewives of Potomac. It's the only one I watch, but it's I know. So I, re- I remember me. when your friend made you watch it and you were like, yeah, I get it. Then you told me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I got I, I watched, one. just to make clear to the audience, I watched all of them except for, um, I only, I tune in and out on Dallas, but every other one I pretty much watch. I've watched every single episode. Um, <laughs> um, and what was the Netflix one that just came out that was like, Bling Empire, because that one was so good. Oh my god! No, no, no. is Bling is Bling, um, Bling Empire is the one in China? Is it China? No, it's in LA, but it's with a bunch of Asian um, Americans. It was about a bunch of really, really rich Asian Americans. Oh, okay. I feel like I watched like it's some, there was something about like an emperor's kid. That might have been that... Bling Empire. They oh, did have I, one of the I guys who's cute Confucius's great great grandson or something. Oh, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> I don't. I was watching the promo. I got very, <laughs> but it's on my list of things to watch. So I'm like, all right, I'll do you will probably. Like, it's it's insane. Um, obviously. I watched the um. What was it? Is it the one about the women in India? I enjoyed that one quite. Um, a bit. it was a reality show. Yeah. Oh, Bollywood Wives. Yeah, we talked Bollywood. About yeah, Bollywood yeah, Wives. But... I was like, this is excellent i enjoy this um but not that i'm thinking of the one with the with the with the with the people that like got married oh love is blind yeah you did watch i remember we would text about that love is blind that's is that what what's called watched. love is blind yeah yeah <laughs> like, that's what you watch and that was also a whole you know like so <laughs> it is catchy you know what i mean and like i used to love like flavor of love oh and, gosh like, I definitely watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians for like the first like two or three years it was on. Oh yeah, I used to watch Living with the Low Hands. You know what I mean? Oh my god, (laughs) which was that's that's a deep dive. That's a whole. I would love a whole podcast on just that show because oh my. Living with the Low Hands. Oh god. Or Living Low Hand. It was called Living. Oh, was Living Low Hand? Whatever. I think it was Living Low Hand. But yeah, no, gosh, early Um, reality TV was like. A, like it, it's just because there was no there were no rules yeah. so I feel like everybody was just kind of getting a show and just like doing whatever and doing whatever they needed to stay on the air yeah the the most like reasonable one that I remember was Re- was Run's House did you ever watch that? yeah I used to watch Run's House Run's House was good yeah it yeah was very, I watched like, Run's House I would yeah, literally call like, it Christian come Christian say, reality it's like TV. wholesome it's the most wholesome reality TV I can think of besides like PBS. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. it's just, um, but yeah, like it's, I don't know, like, but like we enjoy it um, quite a bit clearly. Uh, and it, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just curious, you know, like in 300 years when America is, is no more or definitely not what it is now, like, <laughs> when the empire let me let me let, yeah let me just let y'all know that's coming like this this is when not the last empire... yes we i would argue we are living in the last days of it so y'all better just enjoy it while you can but long um... live your hedonism <laughs> <laughs> but like i just what like i'm curious like are they gonna look back on like this moment the way that we look back on like like you know like all of the like like the feasts in Rome. You know what I mean? I think I'm gonna look back on it and be like, y'all didn't realize something was up when you got pleasure from watching people flip tables over in restaurants? Like you didn't <laughs> you didn't think something was wrong or it's like no, didn't people? ring any alarm like, bells. You didn't, you didn't think that something needed to drastically change. Um, 
So I was like, I don't know, but like again, I was like, uh, you know, I'm still gonna watch the next season of Love Is Blind when it comes out. Like I'm gonna do that. Oh my gosh, I yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's so it, that's what's tricky is it's like, I think you also something else to put into that conversation is also the idea of like the the diversity, and reality TV is sadly a lot more diverse than scripted. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's also another big thing. And especially at the time when a lot of those reality shows started, if you were Black, Asian, Latino, that was for a lot of people, the only time you really saw yourself was on Friends yeah. House, Flavor of Love. Like, yeah. even all the Real, Real Housewives of Atlanta, that's one reason that it was so big when it came out. I mean, it was also super funny, but it was also one of those things where it was like, well, yeah, you don't have an all-Black female cast of 40, 50-somethings yeah. on scripted. Like, that just doesn't, it does not exist. So, and who are all doing well, quote-unquote well, you know? So, yeah. it's, it, it's and that's another part of it that I think often gets left out of the reality conversation I just kind of wanted to bring up because that is a big thing where it's like that's you aren't you were not seeing it so it was only being seen on reality so I think that's why so many especially like marginalized groups kind of glom onto it and I'll say especially black women because it's like well I'm seeing myself no that's very that's very real and like a great point that I'm glad that you brought up because I also do think that like and I'm going to speak about it like from the specific lens of blackness and like my blackness um just because that is the one that i feel most comfortable talking with any sort of authority on in this particular moment (laughs) um but like i do recognize that it can expand outward and like in the same way that in the same way that like there can there's a lot of positive imagery that can be received from reality the diversity of reality television there's also a lot of negative portrayals um, or categorizations that can happen. So I'm not, like, ignoring that side of it at all. But I will offer the, like, thought or opinion that the surge of Black excellence or the aspir- the surge of the aspiration towards a version of Black excellence, right? And affluence and sort of, you know having real wealth and things of that nature. I think that having show, like being able to see not just fictional characters, but like real black people living those affluent lives, like for our generation who grew up watching these things, um, it, it created, blew the roof off of a, off of the ceiling for us you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. like it gave us a chance to see like oh like oh like you know like even like i remember i distinctly remember like a runs house episode where like diggy and 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 russell like the little one russell juniors yeah and, russie like, mm-hmm. yeah russie like where like they're like argue like they're fighting because like russie keeps taking diggy's clothes <laughs> And Diggy is, like, super, like, he's with it. Like, he's mad fashionable and all this stuff. And I, like, remember as a kid, like, having a response to that of something along the lines of, like, oh, like, I could be really into fashion if I want to. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I can find a way to do that on a budget, but I also, like, kind of want to ball one day. You know? And it just, cre- and, like, I can do that. Like, it didn't, 
you know, and I was going to a school with, you know, like a bunch of very, very wealthy white children. Right. And it was like, oh, like, this isn't just something that the white people living in the city have in New York. Like, this is something that apparently there is a very wealthy family, wealthy black family in New Jersey chilling like and my and I go to see my cousin there all the time like this is closer than I think it's not that far away um and I think that we can see the real effects of that in the way that like our generation and the generation below us at least in with those that you know identify as black like the way that they position themselves um in the world and have a sense of entitlement that I don't think necessarily black generations before us had mm-hmm. um, and i and i think that you could really make an argument for like the correlation of that representation and getting to see people not made up real people look that look like you doing these things and that just blows it off your head like all right yeah like i can do i can do that that can happen yeah. Um, no, no, I actually think that's a really good correlation to make. And, and honestly, that's probably true. I think even with, I know as of late, uh, especially on like social media, specifically Twitter, I've seen like this whole, there's been a bigger movement to kind of, you know, leave behind and black women have been saying this for years, but they really want a lot of younger women want to really leave behind the whole strong black woman trope because they're like, you're mm-hmm. basically, ter- you're flattening us. You're not yeah. letting us be full humans. So I've been seeing a counter movement which, you know, if you get into the capitalism of it is a little bit iffy, but I get I get what they want out of it is just like this whole thing about like, I only want to see black women in luxury. And so that's like a really big thing on social media right now where it's literally just like black women wearing, you know, hot couture, hot couture, like designers and like, you know, in these beautiful houses and like everybody's taking photos of it and showcasing that on all the social media platforms, like TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do think it is something that was, as you said, kind of born because it's mostly people in our generation, like millennials, young Gen Xers. So the people who really were impacted by these shows. Um, Yeah. So I really do think you could definitely make a correlation that that kind of opened up a ceiling that was or a window into something that people just were not really aware of because it wouldn't it wasn't on TV. You only would maybe read about it, but that was about it. You know, you didn't really know who's in the Martha's Vineyard set. What are they wearing? Like, yeah. And now social media also has democratized that even further. So it's like it started with the reality TV and now it's kind of coupled with social media where now those kids that are in these different sets or these adults they're also on social media being like here's what I'm wearing today to Martha's or like here's what I'm wearing today Mm -hmm. to Cipriani you know like so you just know all this kind of stuff that was not previously um that wasn't previously divulged um so yeah Yeah. it is definitely very interesting the the relationship between reality tv and luxury and like affluence especially I think hasn't because we're still in it I don't think it's been properly like researched yet, um, but it definitely it, it is something that I think you're you're absolutely spot on about that correlation. Yeah, and it, so like it and it just you know it it's always all of these things like mm-hmm. especially like media and entertainment. And I think that we're seeing it the more and more that we just you know do this po- podcast and like the farther that we go into just thinking about the Im- the just literal impact that these images that we watch have on us um 
and how like they're they are so deeply deeply complicated you know like the worst movie can actually have like incredible lessons in it Mm -hmm. um but then those you know those lessons can be muddy like a question about like what like what is reality tv and does it do its pros outweigh its cons Mm -hmm. Or, like, do its pros for certain communities outweigh its cons? Like, it's just, it's just a, and I think, I think if you want, you can take that art, that argument, that discussion, and just bring it to, you know, Hollywood generally as a global phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that is start, that was started in this place, that in this country that is deeply complicated. Um, in its histories, and I think the jury is very much still out on, like, whether or not is a fundamental, like, good or bad force in the world. Right. Historically and presently, you know, and in the future. Um, And it's, you know, Hollywood is probably America's greatest export outside of, like, obesity. (laughs) And... (laughs) You know, outside of like not real food, like Hollywood is probably America's. No, it it, it is, it is one hundred percent. And and like, you know, and we and we can see like we see in it, like we see the the complex, deeply kind of fucked up <laughs> issues of America just like splayed all over these screens, um, and then sent out to the world for like the rest of the world to consume literally and then like respond to right. and it's a very like i just don't i like i don't know if it's good or bad but it is also where i've chosen to like make my home so you know who like it's also like who am i to say anything <laughs> right no it's it is it is complicated and it's always hard when you're living in the middle of something to then be able to objectively have a have a definitive like opinion on it you know like yeah I feel the same way about social media like I'm like I couldn't tell you whether social media is good or bad at this point in time because I'm like we're literally in the middle of it talk to me in 20 years and I'm sure somebody (laughs) will probably be like yeah y'all will reckon yourselves and I'll be like well you're (laughs) probably right but like I couldn't tell you that in the middle of it um (laughs) because it was that and I don't know maybe that's like Maybe that's the problem with like the Stevens family, you know, like they're living with Lewis, so they can't. <laughs> they're just like, this is just who he is. Like, this is just who he is. He's just. He's we just, don't want to. He's yeah, legitimately just him. a menace. Um, <laughs> like, we don't want to stifle him, and everybody on the outside is like, yeah, but he's destroying you from the inside. Like, you like. <laughs> that's what's happening. He's an oh. agent of chaos, truly. <laughs> um. And um and maybe that's like that maybe that is like maybe like this movie like got it like right on the nose like maybe that is what like you know we're destroying ourselves from the inside like that's all it's like we're all just sort of in a constant state of destroying ourselves from the inside um and like it's just about whether or not you're gonna exploit that for personal gain. <laughs> You know, and at least, like, I like I was looking through a bunch of quotes today, and, like, I saw something that, like, an ex one said to me, and I wrote it down, where he was just like, life's not a happy thing. Um, and I wrote it down, because I guess it just, like, it felt so true when he said it. 
<laughs> so it becomes a thing of like, you know, we're none of us are really happy. So like, I'm gonna just get what I can while I can. Like, I'm gonna be miserable. Or like, we're all not happy. So it's okay if I like, showcase your misery in order for me to like, make a buck and be able to, I don't know, buy some ho-hos, you know, and have a little bit of pleasure for a second. Um, or get the pleasure of, like, at least my misery isn't that kind of misery. Right, right, yeah. It, it, that's, why, that's why it's complicated. Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, yeah, Lewis is a character. <laughs> <laughs> incredible, incredible. Truly incredible. Um, <laughs> um, and, and Ren is the real hero of the series. She is. Because no, she never murdered him. She never really murdered him, and... The strength that God gave that girl. Mm. Powerful. I, right? And I think something else that we had discussed and from this movie that we both liked was also, like, the fact that it ends in a music video. Yeah. <laughs> Which is wild. Like, literally just, like, even if you don't watch it, just, like, think about that. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> like, it, it doesn't make any sense. There's no, like, connective tissue. There's also no music just... elsewhere in it that, like, they're, they're not, like, singing throughout. So it just comes out of nowhere. But it is, weirdly enough, like, a perfect example. Also, this whole thing takes place over three days. Yeah. Like, this family is not, like, the fact that it was this easy to rip this family apart is a, a big red flag. They should probably do some family therapy. Because, like, it was three days. And they're ratty. Like, the clothes are so ripped. I'm like, that doesn't, I just don't, like, how bad could it have gotten? <laughs> It's only been three days. Um, but yeah, it's a great, like, this movie is a great, like, representation of what the show was like. Right. Like, because it was literally just chaotic energy all the time. And, like, when we got to the end and saw the music video, we were literally just like, <laughs> why? <laughs> for what purpose? Like, I'm here for it. And it's actually fairly, like, after you go through all of that with this family, you're like, you know what? Yeah, I want to watch this music video. Let's, like, great. Let's dance around and just sing a little bit. Go ahead with your voice, Christy Carlson Romano. Like, <laughs> do your thing. Um, But it really, <laughs> there's no there's no reason for it to exist. But, um, but I think that that's what made the show so successful, is that it did, it was a show built on that chaotic energy and therefore was probably, like, a way of children being like now that I think about it, I have to show my my godson even Stevens. He's gonna lose his mind. Like he's gonna love it so much, <laughs> and maybe he'll behave a little bit better because he'll watch. So like he'll get to really it'll be cathartic. He'll get to get some of his like chaotic energy out, or he could learn a lot from Lewis. Right. I have to. I have to think. I have to think through this decision. But the point being that like it becomes a space where it's like kids can watch it, and like Lewis does all the crazy. And they maybe don't have to do as much crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it sort of takes that chaos out of them. Um, which is probably why it was so, like, well-received and beloved in the whole situation, I would think. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would agree. Um, and so I guess, you know, with that, would you show this one to the bibs? Well, I am literally planning to show it to my godson. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, next time I see him, we're going to do an Even Stevens marathon. And he's going to love it. Um, he might also begin to torture his sister. But I, I just, <laughs> you know, like, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, I think 
I think that I would like it's the type of show that like I would like it's the type of show that I would watch with my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they had it on, like I would probably be like stop what I'm doing, like watch it for like 10, 15 minutes because it is it is that like it's so fun because it is just a world of chaos. Um and but I think at the same time there is still heart at the core of it, you know? Like we do see mo- there are moments where Lo- Lewis knows he goes too far. And like there are mo- genuine moments of like family you know, just I can't think of the best word right now, but you know, the family coming together um and like leaning on each other and I think that it's there's there's good lessons in that for kids mm-hmm. about like because you know like like I come like my extended family is chaotic and like a little crazy and you know like growing up like I always knew that like we were like we're loud and we're this and we're a bunch of things and like we fight like there are real fights that go down in the family and there are real offenses that occur and people hurt each other and it's messy and it's all those things. And I don't think that my family is unique in that. I think many families are like that, but I always knew at the, at the end of the day that there was a deep, deep, deep love and love there and that I could count on them for anything at the end of the day. And I think that the, even the, like the Stevens family does a sort of good job of like showcasing that, like this is a family that is chaotic and they fight and like it's messy but, like, his sister would never actually kill him. She'd chase him up a tree, mm-hmm. but she'd never actually kill him. Um, and, like, when it comes down to it, when there's a threat coming at the family, or when there's a threat coming at anyone in the family, like, the family's going to hold you down. And, like, I know I'm a bit of a wild and chaotic person myself, so I imagine that my, like, the family I create when they might be a little wild and chaotic. And I think I would like for my kids to know, like, this would be a, like, this could be a nice, like, reflection for them to see, like, yeah, like, we're all crazy, but, like, we love each other. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I would also show this one to my kids and also ditto on showing the show because, God, I just had so many positive <laughs> memories about it when I was growing up. So I'm like, of course, that would be on the list. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's such a, it's it's fun. It's a fun movie. It actually holds up pretty well. Um, I would definitely recommend you rewatch it if you guys haven't seen it in a couple of years, like we didn't. Um, <laughs> it's actually still pretty funny. Um, it's still pretty funny. Yeah, and it's just a good way to, it's a good way to familiarize yourself with the characters again. Um, and yeah, I think, I think kids love it so much because it was like you said this like completely chaotic everything um and you kind of have these like archetypes that we always see but it's just they do them in like a new and a fresh way like you have the super smart sister the elder brother who's a jock and then you have the little mischievous brother who always gets looked over essentially um (laughs) but you know they like expanded on that and didn't just make them um flat and so I, I would definitely agree. I would definitely like show this one because yeah, it's just it's just fun, and I feel like kids more now more would probably immediately relate to it maybe than back then because reality TV is so much more of a thing. Um, yeah. So I feel like they would like catch that and be like, oh, you know, um, in a way that maybe we weren't processing it when we were that age. Yeah, that's very wrong. <laughs> so yeah, I think with that. 
We will see you guys next week.